Have you ever heard the saying, jack of all trades, master of none? Well, today we're going to debunk that and see how having a childlike mindset can actually help you when it comes to reaching your ultimate life goals. So sit back and get ready to dig deep on this episode of Brand Intentional with Friends. I have a feeling this will be a highly inspirational episode because today I have an amazing friend who has helped motivate and inspire me to be the best me since earlier on in my career. He's the mind behind Soul Shed STL, the leader of Code and Coffee STL, and was once a member of the legendary hip-hop collective, MME, Jamarco Britton. What's going on? What's going on, my dude? What's up, man? It's so great to actually be able to finally do this. I know we've been talking about this for really long, before there was even a podcast. Yeah, man, this is, this is a long time coming. This is a long time coming. What's actually really dope, though, about like doing this together, it's kind of a full circle moment, right? Mm-hmm. We did Think Dope together, right? And, you know, you were involved in that. You were like doing the music side of that. But something that you don't know, it was like 2011, 2012. And you and our mutual friend, Julian Keaton, y'all were starting up Blue Light Underground. Uh-huh. So that was the time, like, you know, I was doing flyers, I was doing album covers, and I've, I told the story a few times about, you know, how I felt, like, disrespected because, like, nobody was giving me, like, any skin in the branding game or whatever. You know, it was just kind of like, do the graphics and shut up. So I did the flyers, and we kind of like, had, like, a, a makeshift logo going on there, right? And after that's when y'all were like, okay, so now that we have this, what do we do with it? Like, how do we build a community around it? And that's, like, what gave me the confidence. Like, that was, like, the tipping point for me that I was like, I'm running full with this branding game because I know what I'm capable of and I know what people want it. And, you know, it was kind of the full circle moment because, like, that's, like, where I was just, all right, this is what I'm doing now. That's crazy. I didn't know that at all. But, you know, and we was talking about this on the phone the other day. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it right now again, bro. Got to give you your flowers. because you've been, you've been a boss for a real long time, bro. I appreciate you that. Thing, bro. You know what you're talking about. And you can communicate it in a way that, I find the way to communicate with everybody so that, like it gets read across from different scenarios. Yeah, man. You taking me back. As soon as you said think dope, I'm just like I'm sitting here like, "Ooh, cuz it's taking me to another place." You know what I'm saying? I remember those days. I remember where I was. I remember sitting down writing articles for Think Dope, and that was the first opportunity that I've ever had to be a writer for someone. And so you giving me that opportunity, you know, this, that's why the story is so funny, was also a step and a pivot for me owning, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, one of my gifts and something I've been passionate about for a long time. That's actually dope because I didn't know that. So it's like, here it is, like we're in each other's journey this whole way, you know, it's been like over 10 years now. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like we talk every day or every or even every week, you know what I mean? But when we do, like, when you look at, like, the crucial moments in our different journeys, like, it was like, we still were involved somehow, you know? Yeah. I mean, even, like, A3C, right? When we were down in Atlanta, I was um, sponsoring the showcase that Julian did. And so I was there with my boy, and... I didn't know you sponsored the showcase. Yeah. I sponsored the showcase for Julian. So MME, you were part of the legendary group MME. Uh-huh. And, you know, you were singing. Headcrack was there, right? Uh, Bodega Brothers... I don't remember anybody else on the on the card, to be honest with you, because, you know, between the two of y'all, you just like took it over. But I mean, it was a great time. And man, that's crazy. I didn't know you. Bro, I thought you were just coming down to kick it. 
No, man. I mean, I, I did the flyer and I did a little bit of marketing for it. You know, I'm also, I'm just not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised, bro. Speaking of MME, so you're part of this legendary St. Louis collective. Yeah. I know that's later on in your, your music journey, but like, how did that transform everything else for you? Where was that stepping stone for you? So I, I got into MME end of junior year of high school. I met Mastermind. He was friends uh, with an artist named Mir. Me and Mir went to high school together. And so we were kicking it. And I found out, you know, that Mir rapped. He did music with this dude named Moham Tracks. He was leaning more so towards in that, like, that producer. Okay, yeah. Dominant stage. And then he later on became Mastermind. But we had all started linking up. I'm like, well, shoot, you rap, bro. I sing. Let's do, let's do some music. That was, you know, a big first of collaborating and doing music, you know, with folks. And we started performing. <laughs> we had our first performance at this place called the Baden Taste. Baden's an area here in North St. Louis. And so, you know, we had the performance and we killed it. And I knew after that day, I'm like, bro, we are in this. <laughs> now I just got on this stage and I was singing and we was killing. Oh, man. It was such a confidence booster. And that that entire journey um, with MME was a confidence booster. Like, oh, snap. I can really do this. I'm really good at this music stuff. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you definitely know? are. I came in. I've been singing all my life. I got around some rappers and then started writing raps. I'm like, oh, snap. I think I can rap a little bit, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting into it, just trying a bunch of different stuff, man. We were traveling the country uh, and just having fun. We were boys and just kicking mm -hmm. and making it great, making great music, man. Yeah, it, it really, for the first time, like, really showed me, like, dude, you, you got something in you. You know what I'm saying? And it, it allowed me to start believing in myself a lot a lot more than what I, you know, doing previous to that. Was that like your first jump into music? Like with MME, like, like before that, like, were you like recording anything or doing like live performances before that? Uh, so outside of church, which I didn't really, you know, I didn't really sing too much in church. So I never, I didn't get that full complete training like a bunch of folks, you know, have. Mm -hmm. But in 2006, I took this job at this place called Club Chips. And it's a nonprofit that they uh, hired these uh, these teen leaders to get taught healthcare information by uh, medical professionals, and then we take that info and we turn it into plays. And so we would go out into the community after we got this information. We had a play that was about HIV/AIDS, mm -hmm. so we got that information spun it up in a creative way and would we'll go out and perform these theatrical presentations. So we were performing music, singing, doing some acting, some theater. And that was my first, you know, step into that, that world of like doing that on a regular basis and out in public. Uh -huh. There was definitely a big step forward, but it wasn't the same as stepping out into MME and I'm like fully in control of my artistic contribution to what's going on. That's pretty dope. And so where... Where did your creative roots come from? Yeah, that came from my grandpa. My um, my grandpa collects a lot of music. And when I was a little kid, you know, he would have his record player. He had this, I don't know, about six foot big chest 
player and he would play records on it and um playing folks like the Delphonics, the Stylistics, you know, James Brown, or, or James Cleveland, <laughs> you know, from, you know, the blues, gospel, R&B, you know, country. He had all of that stuff. And so I'm just hearing the music. I'm hearing it. I'm like, well, that's kind of smooth. So I started trying to replicate some of the music that I was hearing, you know, uh, from his record player. And oddly enough, you know, I didn't listen to So that's like 60s, 70s, <laughs> 50s music. <laughs> I didn't listen to anything like modern until I got into high school. Okay. So, yeah, like I was in R&B, old school. I was in that mode. <laughs> that shows yeah. in, in like your own music. People don't sing like that anymore. It's all either auto-tuned or, you know, you have to follow the sequence because that's what makes hits. And they don't sing like that anymore, bro. No, I can't even say that because I was going to say, you know, maybe there's just a disconnect, you know, because I'm not in the generation that this music is intended for. But I wasn't in the generation that my grandfather's music was intended for. And so I still connect with that. So it's like something's missing, man. It goes back to it, right? They're trying to make the music for the money and not because they love making the music. Like back in the day, like, you know, the 60s, the 70s, even the 50s, they didn't make millions of dollars off of music. They didn't They didn't get rich off of music. You know, it was actually kind of more so something that you worked for and you did on the side because, you know, you love to do it. It's kind of like, you know, that singer who's up in the restaurant singing while you're having your dinner. It's kind of that love. Like, they're getting paid peanuts, but they're doing it because they actually love to do it and love to make people happy and love to sing. And I think that's the the real disconnect because everybody now is like, all right, well, if I make this hit, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to get signed. I'll never have another worry in my life rather than I'm going to create this because this is going to this is going to speak to people. The people are going to understand what I feel. And I think that's what the little connect is. Like, I mean, back to Mastermind, like the music he makes now, I mean, he's always made it, but the music he's making, like it all tells a story. It all it all speaks from his soul. And I think that's really the connection. Yeah. His music has always been very personal. Um, to your point, that also reflects in the talent. <laughs> so if you're there for money and you don't love it, there's no honoring what it is that you're no. doing and how you're doing it. A certain like, set of values you have when you actually care about what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not going to cut the corners around like, all right, well, I can make this track in half the time if I just, you know, use a, a loop instead of like, producing it myself now yeah. like i'm gonna go here and i'm gonna either chop this up and really sample it or i'm gonna like get a, a sax player here have them play the sax cut that up put that in there have a piano player come here record the piano cut that up myself like there's a, a big disconnect from those two trains of thoughts yeah and it's not just with music it's with everything but yeah a lot of things are formulaic even when people are trying to go viral on Twitter, mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out the algorithm. Hey, man, look. <laughs> the algorithm's going to do what it wants to do, so you might as well just relax and enjoy it. Yeah. And you might as well make the best kind of, you know, whatever creative contribution that it is that you're putting out to the world, make it the best of what it's going to be and make sure that it's authentic. Because people ain't going to catch on anyway if it's not real. People might, like, like something real quick or share it because it's funny or it's cute or whatever, but... At the end of the day, 
five years from now, what is it going to mean? It's not going to mean nothing unless you actually put your heart and soul into it. And people felt that. Yeah. Something that's interesting I find is that you really got your start in music, right? And now you're at this point in your life where you're transitioning more into the tech side. You're going into the coding. You're going to the graphics. Whereas I started actually in the coding and graphics. And I transitioned to music for a while. And, you know, I did the whole engineering thing. I, you know, I engineered a radio show. I recorded artists, a few albums. And, you know, I got sick of the music politics, all the backstage stuff. And I kind of went right back to, you know, you know, that's when I started, like, you know, going full time with the branding. I'm like, I love the music, but I don't love the the politics. So this is what we're going to do. And it's funny because, like, now you're starting to do that transition. So what is the reason for your switch from music to tech? 2018, I started an organization called Soul Shed STL. Mm-hmm. It was after a brief stint in New Orleans where I got to, you know, truly experience the culture, specifically the culture of music down there. And I came back to St. Louis inspired. Um, I was mm-hmm. working at a music venue here in St. Louis called Jazz St. Louis. I got also inspired there by their education program. And I'm like, okay, so what, what would it look like to do something where it's specifically for developing the music scene here. Because I've seen the potential of what this could be in another place, you know, referencing New Orleans. Okay, well, we mm-hmm. have something, you know, there, oh, well, there are places here in the community that are doing stuff, but they're targeting like kids uh, or the youth rather. And so I'm like, okay, all right, I think I'm going to hop into, you know, the business side and development side of music. And so Social started off with jam sessions and eventually uh, grew to offer educational program for professional musicians. Mm-hmm. And I provide all that context to say, long story short, the educational component and just the upkeep of the organization, it, it wasn't financially fruitful. Okay. And so, and it was a lot of work, a lot of work. And after the pandemic and then, you know, trying to keep the organization afloat on my own dime, I decided to take a break. And so when I decided to take that break, I had already took a break from performing music to focus on the organization. Now I'm taking a break <laughs> from starting starting this music organization. All right, what am I going to do now? Uh-huh. I think I need to step away from music for a second. If you love it, let it go type of thing. Exactly. And so I'm like, okay, let me do something else. And then let me get my paper up too, (laughs) you know? Yeah, so then you could do the thing you love without having to worry about where your next meal is coming from. Exactly, bro. It's a totally different mindset that you can have where you can focus on things in a different kind of way. And so my girlfriend at the time, she was going through Launch Code um, here in St. Louis. And so she was like, you know, why don't you try applying, you know, for this? Have you tried, you know, doing this? You already do some graphic design and you've made some, you know, I had made some websites on Squarespace and WordPress. So she was mm-hmm. like, you can go even deeper into that. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you try, you know, being a web developer? So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll try it out. You know, at this point, I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out what's the next best move. So I tried it out, got into it. I applied for Launch Code, didn't get in. <laughs> But uh, apply for this other program uh, with Udacity uh, that was specifically okay. for front end 
Um, and I went through that program, got my first certification, you know, in front end development. And uh, from there, I'm like, OK, well, let me continue, continue going. So I applied for Launch Code again and then got into their full stack program. OK. And so I'm like, OK, all right, we, we doing some stuff. All right, I'm learning some stuff. This shit is still it's still kind of hard, but I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing possibilities here. You know, I'm learning different things, learning about how, how this particular industry intersects with all of these, everything. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm, OK, let, let me <laughs> let me continue digging in this. Because this is pretty interesting, you know, even though I had started off initially thinking about money, mm-hmm. once I actually got into it, it's like, oh, it, it's not really just like money. It's it's opportunity. Definitely. And, you know, where opportunity comes money. But there's so much opportunity that it's like, damn, OK, <laughs> I got to get it around. So since then, I, I've now become a manager of a launch code program. So the program that I graduated from i am now managing <laughs> that's dope it's it's the level up yeah you know i was like okay this let's get into it so now i'm helping other people you know work their way into the tech industry while i'm still also developing you know my technical skills you know there mm-hmm. there are things that i want to build businesses that i want to start now that i have this um this new insight and these new skills that i'm developing so i'm like all right it's cool and, you know, I can intersect this with music. It's another tool in your shed that you can actually utilize to do the other things that you love. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that goes back to because, listen, coding is not something that a lot of people love to do, right? Like, I did it. I've done it since a young age. So, you know, when I learned HTML, I learned CSS, then I got into PHP and JavaScript and all that. For me as a kid, that was challenging. That was fun, you know? I was bored. I didn't have a great childhood all the time. You know, my dad left, didn't get along in school. So I looked for an outlet, right? So the outlet I found was coding and creating graphics. And I fell in love with that because it was just so challenging. It kept my mind busy. You know, I'm, I'm an overthinker. So doing something like that, it gave me the chance to overthink about, okay, well, how do I complete this? How do I correct this? How can I make it so it's to standards? Or how can I make this do that? And it became a challenge to me. And, you know, that's when I got into my my first MySpace business. And as that kept going and going and going, you know, I I got bored with it. You know what I mean? It's only so much you could do with that, right? It came to the point that that's when I jumped to music initially because I was bored with the MySpace thing and I was bored with coding. And I didn't know what the next evolution from there was. And I love music, right? And I already had it where I was like, you know, working in music and coding, but the coding part got boring. So I jumped to the music and I came back to coding and I mixed something else that I love, which was, you know, strategy. It wasn't, it wasn't about just building something anymore. It was about the challenge of building something that people actually navigate. People can browse easily. People can take action based on subconsciousness. And that's where it comes back to like, you have to love it because if you don't love it, you're going to get bored and go away. Exactly. What is something you find fun in coding? Because I know okay. there has to be something that had you keep going because it's too hard. It is super hard. <laughs> and <laughs> what I love about it is that you can write something and then instantly produce something. So I definitely love the front end aspect of it more. I agree. And then now more so learning like the back end things, man, just really making things work all together. 
it helps me for like my mind just to consider all things in other aspects of my life and how things, you know, work together. And so that's the benefit that I get out of it. You know, the same way you think about strategy, it like it helps mold my mind, you know, to think a different kind of way. Yeah, it's like a facilitator for you. Yeah. I tend to get like, you know, ideas. If I'm working on a, you know, a problem and something is challenging and I figure it, figure it out. Mm-hmm. It just gives me, it usually sparks an idea of how I can solve another problem. Uh-huh. And you become addicted to that feeling when you solve people's problems or you solve your own problems and then you can realize how you could solve someone else's problems. You become so addicted to that. Real talk, man. Problem solving is the thing. Is mm-hmm. the thing. I had to realize that about myself. I like I go I go into places and I interact with people, especially coming into jobs. The first thing I'm looking for is what's not working. How can we get it to work? That's how we do it in branding. If when you bring me in, it's not just like, all right, well, this is what's working. So do this. It's like, okay, what's not working for you? How, where is the disconnect? Is it because people don't want to trust you? Is it because people see something you post and they're like, "Uh, maybe not. Is it because, you know, they see your graphics and they're like instantly put off because they think like, okay, well, if they're not going to invest in themselves, I'm not going to give them any of my money. Especially when the thing that blows my mind the most is you have these, these coaches, right. That are trying to sell three, $4,000 programs. And then they're using like a half broken Squarespace website that doesn't work. And every link you click goes to like either a 404 page or it's got like these janky looking buttons. <laughs> it's a vibe killer. And so that's that's what we do. We, we see the problems and then we work it backwards. I, I think for a lot of people who find themselves trying to start business businesses, uh, some of their earlier mistakes is that they try to do it all themselves. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. If you know writing isn't your strong suit or whatever isn't your strong suit, find somebody. Oh, oh no, better yet, ask somebody to help you with this. I've learned, oh man, you know, the quicker you can ask somebody to help you solve a problem that you yourself either don't have the time to, don't have the capabilities to, the better. No, 100%. It's funny, I was talking to Julian about this a few months ago. It's like, when we're younger, right, and we're starting something beautiful and we're starting something new, like we take the hard road purposely so that we could say, hey, we did this, we went through this, we did that. And it's like, you don't have to do that. It, it actually, it's counterintuitive because like people don't give a crap at the end of the day. They care about what the end result was. Mm-hmm. It would have been so much less months of my own life that I spent doing something else that nobody gives a fuck about at the end of the day. Yeah, That's kind of like what we do. With the, you know, we start a business and we're like, all right, well, now I got to copyright the website. I got to create the website. I got to create graphics. I got to create branding. You know, I have to go get a, a camera so I can take photos of my product. You know, I got to go get shipping labels. I got to get boxes. I got to sign up for UPS so, you know, I can mail them out. I got to get a PO box now. It's just so many things. Like, you can't do everything. You got to hire somebody to help you. And if not hire, don't be afraid to just ask somebody, you, you know. Ask somebody. Collab with somebody. If you can provide value for someone and you don't have the, you know, the means to pay them, you know, what they deserve 
or what they may not even know that they deserve yet. Mm -hmm. Having those uh, trade agreements and those collaborations, you can then really figure out, okay, this is the kind of value that I should place on this work. Because mm -hmm. now getting a chance to like test this out with this within this particular experience, we both still kind of trying to figure out what we do. Okay, well, this is what we produce when we yeah. work together. All right, well, how much time did I put into this? I put this much amount of time in this. You work backwards from it again. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I think there's definitely a balance in there, right? Because like, I'm a big advocate for not doing work for free. Mm -hmm. Whenever somebody does something for free, you know, even if you're just starting out, you're learning. When you do your service for free, it devalues your service and it devalues everybody else's efforts. Mm -hmm. But bartering is not for free. Say that you're, you know, you're getting started in graphics and somebody wants you to create their, their social templates. Okay, cool. So how about a referral base then? You know, if I create these templates for you and you sell off of, you know, you sell in the month that I'm using them because people saw them and say, hey, I like that template. You know, I, I liked that visual. That was a great carousel or whatever. You give me 10%. Like even at that point, that's better than working for free. You know, yeah. that, that's still collaborating on something. You know, the business gets something and then you get a referral for helping them sell some type of ebook or something. Maybe, you know, if you're starting out in visuals, you create the ebook and every proceed that comes from the ebook, the e you get a percentage of it. Yeah. I mean, there's a million ways to win. You just got to be, you know, first you got to be trustworthy because that's the problem. People don't trust other people. But, yeah. you know, you, you got to be willing to do the work regardless <laughs> the work gotta get done has to get done one of my my dad's all-time sayings I, I i love it he says you gotta handle your business or your business gonna handle you <laughs> if you feel like you're slacking on something i'm sure you hear that playing in your head over and over and over yes i do he used to say it so much when he was kids and he would like lecture us <laughs> he still do he still pop and uh I used to be like, oh, my God, I'd be hearing it in my head all the time, bro. I mean, my grandpa had a saying that was like, the second you think you're the smartest man and you stop educating yourself to progress, you're the dumbest man. You know nothing. Yeah. And like, that's something that stuck with me because like, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm getting all this clout for branding now, right? People come to me because they want branding. People call me the impact man. People... You know what I mean? And like a lot of times, like people take that stuff to their head and they're just like, all right, well, I'm the shit now. So I'll just keep coasting and do what I'm doing. Meanwhile, I'm still investing in coaches. I'm still investing in my craft. I'm still spending a day a week, you know, learning new things, researching, reading up articles, you know, seeing what brands are doing what. And that's just something that's stuck in my head because it's like, okay, well, if I act like I'm the shit and... I'm just going to lose it and someone's going to pass me by because they're not afraid to approach things with an open mind or afraid to approach things, you know, with that childlike mindset that we were talking about. Cause it's like something I really admire from you too. Like you just go into things and like, you just, <laughs> screw it. let's, let's see where it goes. You know, I've always been getting into different things. And so when people are like, man, you, you're doing a lot of stuff, you know, it, it, uh, it always kind of felt like, you're not focused. You know, that's how I was received. But the way that I think about it today, I'm constantly learning. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's true. I'm constantly learning new things. And then I also, I do what I got to do 
to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Took this uh, internship at Save the Music Foundation, the, the, the VH1 organization. Um, and it was for communications. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come in here and do this, make these connections. It's an internship. I'm getting paid a little bit of money, but it's worth, you know, making those connections, you know. And so I got into the role, and it also required me to do graphics from time to time. And so got into the role, started, they wanted me to be on Canva. I'm like, man, I need a little bit more than this. I'm a little bit more, you know, I like to build stuff up from scratch, you know. Although I've been getting to the practice of having, like, you know, starter, starter things or looking at inspo. Time and place for it. Yeah. But um, started getting into it, so I purchased the Adobe Suite. So I started getting into that and I'm now I'm in Premiere Pro and I'm creating videos and I'm like, yeah, I can create videos too, which I need. Oh, well, we need a video for Amazon Music because they're coming um, and they're going to be speaking with us. Okay. All right. I got it. Boom, 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 boom. Now on my resume, I can say I created a video for Amazon Music. Now, to me, that's valuable. <laughs> I mean, that's huge. I am like now in the process of like constantly um, developing better processes to manage my time. That's so essential, bro. Yeah, to not be doing too many uh, different things at, uh, at once. You know, I don't have to be the designer, the musician, the uh, program manager all at once. I could just focus on one at a time, but I know these things are available to me. Mm-hmm. And it also helps me put into my, I know I want to go into entrepreneurship. Sounds like you have a hell of a creative agency ready. I've always planned to be an entrepreneur, always planned to have multiple biz- businesses. It makes sense for me to have my hands in different things, you know. And it's like I've been training myself up for that. And it's, it's, it's getting about to that time. You're like the opposite of the saying, like, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't have to be... Uh, the greatest musician. I don't have to be. I mean, listen, bro. I'm going to tell you this. I tell you this every time we speak. <laughs> you are hands down one of the best vocalists I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, bro. That's no exaggeration. Like your voice is, like I said earlier, you have like that old soul to your voice. I appreciate that. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. <laughs> you know, when you was talking about clout, Early and not letting stuff go to your head. I like I I can receive, and then I also think you know, I also don't always want like the light on me. <laughs> oh no, of course I get that. I hundred percent get that. Yeah, because you know I'm used to I'm used to playing it in the back, you know. But uh, you know when I need to step out into the front, I step out into the front. What's cool like about all that you do is like that you're so positive, right? You're so optimistic about everything. You look on the bright side, and I mean obviously. Life happens. I, I know you're probably going through a lot of shit, but it never shows when it comes to you. Like you're always on a hundred, happy, spreading love, spreading cheer. I, it's something I admire, to be honest. Bro, I appreciate that. I try to I try to put that out into the world, and I I try to be genuine, uh, you know, as much as possible with it too. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a very personal and private person. And then if there's something that's going on with me that I need to deal with, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going I'm to I'm go ahead and look at myself, ask myself questions and, and deal with that. So I figure it out and, and move through it. And so I don't I don't usually bring 
the stuff that I have going on that may be negative, you know, but it's really just real life. Yeah. I don't ever shy away from sharing something that I'm going through with someone if if the moment calls for it. Here's a, a random question that comes from that. As somebody who's a creative and, and you're a multi-passionate creative, right? Do you do you talk to like a therapist or anything or like a support group or something like that to help you? Because things get overwhelming, you know what I mean? I haven't uh, talked to a therapist, although although I've sought one, you know, but I just never completed that process. Okay. When the time comes for that and try that out, we do that. You know, I'm not against it at all. <laughs> Anybody out there who thinking about it, you know, go for it. Uh, if you're trying to take some kind of step to better yourself, you know, mentally, do that. So what do you do? Because like I said, it's something I admire, like how positive you are. <laughs> First thing I do is ask God, like, hey, what's going on? I, I talk to God mm-hmm. and I try to really assess where I'm at, you know, and be honest. With what's going on? What am I experiencing? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking these things? Why is, you know, these certain things coming up and really try to work through that process so I can kind of get a hold on things. Because once I can kind of figure out like what's going on, then I can be proactive to take the certain kind of steps I need to to take. Mm-hmm. You're a little burnt out. Oh, okay, I'm going to sit down today. I'm going I'm to turn my phone off. All right, okay, cool. All right, yeah. All right, that's, that's, that's the way to go about it. Oh, man, you're a little upset with this person. Oh, yeah, I am upset. All right, I think you need to go talk to me. Hey, hey, let's meet up. Hey, let's talk real quick. You know what I'm saying? And just try to, like, handle it, you know, whatever kind of way that it needs to to be handled. It's, like, the easiest thing, but also the hardest thing at the same time. Yeah, man. And it's... I don't know. I, I try to be like extremely honest with myself. You hold yourself to a high, a high, like no bullshit ratio. Yeah, I try to address it and just be honest. If I mess up with it, just just be honest. I don't like lying. And I, I, I just cannot lie to myself. <laughs> it's, I can't lie to others unless it's like some little white lie. I mean, if you lie to yourself, the only person you're hurting really is yourself at that point. Yeah. But people lie to themselves, then they go out and lie to others and, and impact others, you know, in a negative mm-hmm. way. And this goes back to the um, positive thing, you know. I try to have personal responsibility with the way that I interact with people. Mm-hmm. That first happens with having uh, a real, a real and positive interaction with myself. That's beautiful. I feel like if I wasn't honest with myself about like, hey, there's there's a balance. Don't get me wrong, because there's also imposter syndrome, right? But like. There's times where I'm like, all right, well, you know what? That could be better. Uh, you know, my type game needs a little work there. You know, I need to get better with the color theory. I need to get better coding this. Or I need to get better with, you know, that kind of logo or something like that. And then I go and I practice it because I'm like, you know, I hold myself accountable with that, right? And that's how you get better at things. You know, I'll purposely go and I'll go and take a project that I don't think I can do. On purpose. Bro, yes. Not that I don't think I could help them, but that I don't think I can do some little specific thing around it just to challenge myself to get it done. And every time I bet on myself, when I'm straightforward to myself of what I need to do, I win. Absolutely, bro. And that's why you constantly progress. That's the only way you progress. I mean, if I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to keep doing the same logos that I do every time. I mean, I know there's a point where you have to niche, right? 
But if I'm just going to work with the same exact people over and over and over, and I'm going to do the same moods, I'm going to do the same audiences, you know, yeah, I'll be good at it. But at the same point, I'm not going to also grow too. You know what yeah. I mean? There comes a point where the money ain't the money. And I mean, that's never my thing, right? But I got to have fun with it too. I got to have fun with it or I'm just going to get bored. I'm going to get burnt out. And then nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with a quick pivot. I mean, yeah. Going back to the, the childlike uh, mentality, you know, when you're a child, you're experiencing everything in the world for the first time. And so mm-hmm. the learning curve is intense, but you're so open to receiving it. It's, it's, it's coming, mm-hmm. you know, there's no reason that you can't be a multifaceted adult. Mm-hmm. People tend to get older. They, they, um, they do what's comfortable. Yeah. You know, they, they settle into themselves and this, this, this is it. I feel you on that hundred percent. My, my grandmother, I love her. She's in her seventies and she needed a new laptop and she wanted, you know, she wanted what she had and they don't make what she had. It, it was like, a 12 year old laptop it had windows vista on it i can't even get windows vista for her on a modern computer so we got her a macbook right and i'm like listen this is super easy you literally open it you put your finger on it to unlock it and you go to firefox and you check your mail like you did on the old computer it's literally the simplest thing in the world and she still has a little bit of trouble with that like it's not that it's, she's having trouble with it. Because if I sit there and I, and I ask her, okay, can you do it? She'll do it. It's the fact that she doesn't want to do anything different. Yeah. You know, that slow-ass Windows Vista startup. Yeah. She's used to waiting for 10 different things to, to open up before she can X them out. Because that's how Windows is. And then she'll go to Firefox, take another three years to load it up. And then refresh her mail, which doesn't always load right. Because Firefox can't even update, so... That takes forever and it messes up. And rather than just do the simplest thing, she's too comfortable in what she knows instead of trying to approach it by something that could be better. Because just because it works doesn't mean it's, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, you got to keep, keep learning as you, as you age. And not be afraid to try new things either. Yeah, and just to stay abreast to like what's going on. You know, think about how the world was 30 years ago. It's 30 years of change. Things change from one day to the next. Yeah, that's for sure. Those are a lot of days for changes to happen, you know, to not grow and, and at least at least be aware of what's going on. We talked a lot about, like, you know, doing what you got to do so that, like, you know, you have the cash and you can progress on. Like, I know impact's something really important to you, right? What is, like, the things that you are doing on the impact side of things for the community and, and to spread love. Yeah. So since Soshed uh, is not operating right now, uh, which we're out, you know, primarily doing a lot of impact work uh, here, specifically within the music and arts community. Um, I've just brought that same spirit over into the tech space. Okay. When I got accepted into launch code. I knew that I was going to need, you know, some help. Uh, and so at that time, I was uh, a community manager at a co-working space here in St. Louis called Tech Artista. And one of uh, the members, I knew that she was doing something within technology overseas, 
but her husband happened to be a front end developer. And so I, you know, walked up to him like, hey, I, you know, I just got enrolled into this program. I'm looking to explore, you know, the tech industry, possibly become a web developer. You know, do you have any advice or recommendations, anything like that? And he was like, well, why don't we just start a group for everybody else who has uh, the problem that you got going on right now? <laughs> He's connected with this uh, guy up in uh, New York, New York City uh, called Steve Chen, who founded this organization called Code and Coffee. And okay. so it's a web development meetup that he started up there. And uh, he was like, well, why don't we start a chapter here? And I was like, well, I got connections to this space. We could use this space, you know, and we could just start it up and and get it going and run it. He's like, oh, OK, cool. I'll get the information from the dude that I know uh, in New York, see how they usually do stuff and we can start it up here. And so maybe it took about three weeks for us to turn it around. I'm like, hey, I got this event that I want to do. I'm talking to my, my boss at work. I'm like, I got this event that I want to do. I think it'd be a benefit to professionals that you have here because they have business professionals and students. Um, the the co-working space is right in the middle of one of Washington University's um, apartment spaces for their students. And Washington University is a, a very <laughs> big school. It's a big deal. Yeah. And so I'm like, I think this would be a benefit to the space, to the community, you know, attract some web development, uh, web developer talent here to the space, get people all in the mix. And so they're like, we agree. All right, so we got it started <laughs> up in like three weeks um, and started started doing meetups um, and people just started coming. They just started coming. They kept coming <laughs> and they <laughs> haven't stopped coming. And um, it's, it's turned into one of the the bigger uh, tech meetups here in the city um, and getting a, a great chance to, one, allow people to come together and meet other folks who are doing similar things to them. Mm -hmm. You know, there are more people like me who's looking for a community of folks to like lean on. Hey, I got this project that I'm working on. Can anybody help me with this? Hey, I'm going I'm yeah. going through this class. Does anybody have any, you know advice on how to track time you know every time that the browser loads up i need it to be this current time that is it's, it's still working can somebody help me figure out this is, this is a problem that i was trying to figure out and people were trying to explain this concept to me bro for two and a half hours oh god i mean this is at the early stages of me you know doing this stuff yeah but the fact that they were there to help and they were dedicated to helping me in that kind of way that was happening not only with me but everybody else that's in the space yeah and so now i know okay people are benefiting from this people like coming here like we got food <laughs> and we're in this nice space <laughs> You know, and I like I know people like that we got pizza every time. So every time we have a meetup and we got coffee, and you come here, there's a parking lot. You don't you don't have to park on the street and pay a pay a meter. You know, it's mm -hmm. a central location. But people actually like coming there because there's a real community there. Yeah, this is crazy. I'm in a whole different space, but I'm still doing the same kind of, kind of work.
Um, I was passionate about, you know, over on the music side. It's like Soul Shed, but for code. Yeah. That's pretty dope. How far have you guys grown so far? All that we have is a meetup page. We have a meetup and Discord. Um, mm-hmm. But our meetup page is like at 674, 674 members. We're getting like, I don't know what the ratio is now because it has slowed down a bit. But I would say roughly like two to three new members a day. Um, and mm-hmm. they were averaging uh, like 45 to 50 people at each meetup. Wow, that's great. Especially because you got to consider, though, that like, this is local. This isn't like an online yeah. thing where anybody's going to just join because they want to learn to code. It's literally local people in St. Louis within the vicinity of there that they don't have to go really far. <laughs> I had no expectations, really. Just to be quite honest, I had no expectations when starting this up other than I need some help. Hopefully this helps other people, but I know I need some help. <laughs> I got this space. I'm going to open it up. If you know some other folks who want to come and meet, we have this opportunity here. And then it just happens to just grow really fast. It's not something that you're doing for profit either. It's something that you're literally doing because you want to have that community around you that you wanted and like also help those other people who are in the early stages of their career. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys are, are fully like, what are you sponsors or donations or? So we have we have a, a my previous employer Tegratis is our space sponsor. Okay. And then the co-organizer um, he used to work for a consulting company uh, that sponsors all of our food and drinks and and all of that. Oh, that's so dope. And, uh, we're working on getting a few more sponsors to cover uh, some more things. We got a pretty big company that possibly is about to come on and sponsor. And so I can't say too much, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really hope it, I really hope it comes through. Um, I hope it's uh, substantial and then we can get into doing some more, uh, more things in the meetup that I think would really benefit the tech STL community as a whole. Yeah, no, that's that's so dope. Yeah, we're focused on web developers. And so it's like a bunch of us there, but we can have a larger impact uh, on the greater community. It's really such a niche, like, audience. Like, you're targeting St. Louis full-stack developers within, like, you know, a certain range of radius because people aren't going to travel two hours to come to a meetup. And you're growing that fast in less than a year. That That's, that's amazing. And... And you're doing it without a dime out of your pocket because you're working with sponsors and, you know, you're having community come and support the community. And that is the part that's like so dope to have come together. Yeah. And people offer. Hey, I can do this. Should we do this? You know, it gets to the point now where people are like, I want to contribute. I want to contribute because I love being here. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh. I didn't think of none of that, but if y'all want to, if y'all want to take that on, I mean, go, go for it. You know, it's so dope because like when I was learning, like when I was learning to code, I was like 13. So like one, I was a kid, but two, like it was back before there was really forms. There was AOL chat rooms was like the only thing. So like you had to go find like some, some random website that had like a whole stack of codes. Like this is before like, like Reddit. This is before any of the forms that you could just pull code off of. Like you actually had to like experiment and hope to find like some snippet website with some little snippets to help you. Like there was no knowledge bases. There was no, there was no nothing, nothing. Yeah. And you know, again, I was a kid. My mom wasn't letting me in like random ass chat rooms where I can get, 
you know, abducted at the time. I mean, now now we hop in Ubers, but back then you couldn't just go into a random chat room without worrying. Yeah. I wish I had something like that when I was a kid. I mean, now they put like, you know, youth coding things in schools and everything. And that's dope to see. But like, I'm proud yeah. of you, man. I'm proud of you, like the progression of where you're coming with that. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it, man. It's definitely been it's definitely been a benefit. And I can I can solidly say that the developer community has been the most supportive community that I've ever been a part of. The people who inhabit that space, they have a true passion. Mm -hmm. But everybody loves trying to help solve a problem and figure it out. And everybody has their input. (laughs) Everybody has (laughs) input. It's so funny, bro. It It is hilarious. But everybody's honestly trying to help. A cool thing that you pick from coding is that, like, there's a hundred ways to solve one problem. There's 10 different ways to code something, 10 different like methodologies you can use around coding something. You can do the same thing like a hundred different ways. Mm-hmm. I-, I think it's like a metaphor for life, right? Man, yeah. So, you know, for me, intentionality is a big part of like everything that I do, right? You know, I, I teach people how to brand intentionally. I am very intentional about what I do, what I spend my time doing. Intentionality is a big part of my life. So, I love to find out about what other people do intentionally in their life, you know, whether it's for creativity, their business journey, progressing through life. So what are three intentionality principles for you that you live by? I am very intentional about making sure that I pre- present the the truth, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the things that I create and the things that I, you know, involve myself in and how I show up you know, within those particular spaces um, and being clear where I have boundaries as a creative. Okay. It's been a thing uh, as of late, people asking me, hey, man, I got this song that I want you to get on. I know you ain't been doing nothing. Why? I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's all good. Um, as long as the song is positive, you're not talking about no craziness, no foolishness. Uh, yeah, I can take a listen and I'll let you know how that goes. Before, in my early music stages, I wasn't doing that. I was also, you know, a, a younger person and my personal values were underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Now this is what's true for me as a creative. There are certain, I have limits and that's part of me being, you know, who I am. And I'm communicating with the people who want to work with me. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I represent. Yeah. It has to be in alignment with what I have going on or else I, I can't be a part of it. I 100% feel you with that. That's kind of like part of like my big shift in my business too. Like I used to just, you know, there's a point where, you know, hey, you, you wanted branding work. Okay, let's, let's brand. And it got to yeah. the point where like, not only was I not loving like the type of things they were doing, but a lot of them were like, kind of like shady with it right like it was like very click funnel-esque very like i just want the sales i don't really care what i'm putting out i don't care about the quality of the product and so like that's why i made that change to people who are making an impact people who are change makers trailblazers those type of people because like i don't want to work with just anybody i don't want to work with people who aren't trying to put something positive into the world kind of like the same thing like you're you're not trying to put out a bad message i don't want to influence people to do bad things i don't want people to suck their money into something and not be able to progress where they need to progress you know what that's called 
integrity. <laughs> but the second one would have to be be a perpetual student. You know, for me, I feel like the different uh, the, the different things that I've been involved in, they aren't they don't stray too far away from one mm-hmm. another. There's overlap, definitely. Yeah, there's overlap, and I, I I think there's there's something to be said there if you're doing multiple things in a certain kind of similar wheelhouse. Um, but be a perpetual student, always be open to learning something new, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of the different things that I learned, they they contribute to what I whatever that I'm primarily focusing on. Mm-hmm. I was a carpenter uh, for. <laughs> Uh, I remember that too. Yeah, a carpenter for some years, some change. So I built some houses, but going through that process of building houses, it it's going back to um like the program thing where it said it it reshaped my mind. Building houses reshaped my mind, and for the first time, uh, really made me think about foundation and the important importance of that, and like developing things from the ground up and levels. Like the steps that you got to take to do something the right way or everything else crumbles down. And that's exactly how it is. When I, when I realize that houses are sitting on a foundation and then you, you lay your plates around that the house is going to sit on, typically all four sides, and then all of the studs are going up and their space a certain kind of way so they're all dispensing different amounts of pressure. They have a specific kind of task. Okay, well, this is how things kind of go, you know. Oh, you got to sit, or this is the baseline. Okay, this is what's around this. All right, this is how you, this is what branches off from this. Then we got a roof made of all these different trusses that's holding up this, this oddly shaped thing here. And these things are doing what they need to do, go across that. And it's capping off. This is the pinnacle of what this house is up here at the top. This is the pinnacle of what this particular idea or product is. And it's the the overview of everything else that's beneath it. Okay, well, this is why it's important to have a vision, a purpose. (laughs) Imagine just going, showing up to to work one day as a carpenter and say, all right, we're going to build a house. Grab that piece of wood. Let's just throw it up there. That's, That's what a lot of people do with everything else. They don't yeah. understand there's layers to this. There's levels to this. There's, there's a time to progress in the right way that you have to do things or everything else is for nothing. It really is, man. It really is. And the third thing, and this is something that I've had to learn, is to be gracious um, with yourself. Because I, I definitely, I hold myself to a very high standard. I think that's a creative thing, really. Like a true creative thing. I think, I think you're so hard on yourself. And you pick apart everything that you do and say, nah, this could be better. Yeah. And then especially when, you know, you also like to produce a certain kind of result Mm -hmm. or like constantly produce results. And being a creative, sometimes the process is just two strokes on the canvas. Mm -hmm. That's all I needed to get out at that time. I don't need to I don't need to do nothing else with this. I don't have to be forcefully inspired. I don't have to do nothing. This this is what I have at this moment. Mm-hmm. And then in the same kind of way, if you were actually trying to achieve something, a, a, a full picture, and it doesn't come out quite looking the way 
that you thought it did. That's what you had at that moment. That's that's where you're at. You gave it all. Be gracious with it. If you see something deeper in there, then that's where you commit the time to continue to grow mm-hmm. and get yourself in a position to actually produce that vision that you have in your mind. But you got to you got to be gracious with yourself, or um, you'll be fighting yourself the whole journey. You cannot. You got to go through the journey. You got to good, bad, and indifferent. Every part yeah. of it. Otherwise, you don't grow. That is something that I've really been learning the biggest the last year. Like in this last year, that that's the biggest lesson I've I've learned that you just have to be gracious with yourself. You have to give yeah. yourself grace and, and 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 be patient. You know what I mean? When something doesn't come out right, you know, I, I make I make a lot of videos now, you know, when a video doesn't come out right and I have to re-record it or whatever. Sometimes I'll just say, Oh, maybe that idea wasn't good enough or maybe I just didn't want it bad enough and I throw it away because, you know, sometimes it's not. And then sometimes I also push through it. I'm like, listen, this is what I had. This is what it is. Yeah. And those are actually surprisingly some of the videos that like people talk to me about. Those are some of the videos people like message me, be like, listen, I'm, I'm really happy you posted this. I'm really happy. So like, you know, a few of these, you know, podcast episodes, you know, I wasn't really ecstatic about the edits the way I perfectly wanted them. Right. But people watched them and not one person mentioned anything bad about editing. They were like, hey, this is great. You you really cut in that amount of information in that amount of time. And even though they're long episodes, it's like you packed in, you know, double worth. And we're really happy that, you know, I learned this or I learned that. And it's usually the things that you're worried about the most that people find beauty in. Yeah. And it goes back to authenticity. Mm-hmm. It's true. If you're doing it for the wrong reasons or you're doing it to be fake. People see that shit right through you. And don't mess around and run into somebody that'll call you out on your shit. Mm-hmm. I've been called out on my shit so many times. And it's gotten like even more brutal in the last <laughs> few years because <laughs> I'm like, of course, I'm I'm growing, I'm leveling up. And so I'm interacting with different levels of people. Um, mm-hmm. People that are higher than you. Woo! <laughs> They're going to let you know what's going on. Part of the process, though. <laughs> it, it is part of the process. And it's like, either you got to get with it or <laughs> get going. But you can still be gracious with yourself. I am so thankful that we did this. And I, I think, like, you've been such an inspiration to me in, in so many different ways. And it's so dope that, like, I could share some of that with my community and let people see, like, who you are and, and kind of just get inspired from your journey, where can people find you to keep up with you and, and everything that you're doing? If you're uh, more interested in making a professional connection, you can find me on LinkedIn at Jermarco Britton. If you're more interested in like creative works, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Jermarco. That's M-R-J-E-R-M-A-R-C-O. And you can also find me on Twitter at that same. Or you can pull up to St. Louis um, on one random Sunday and meet me at a Code and Coffee uh, STL edition. Uh, we meet bi-weekly uh, at Tech Artista U City. Come on out, see what's happening uh, within the tech uh, community here in St. Louis uh, and see specifically uh, what's shaking with the web development scene. And make sure if you're in St. Louis that you definitely check that out. You are not going to want to miss it. And I can show you some good food spots. Come on over, I'll show you around. I'll show you around. What an amazing time it was to rap with Jamarco about our past and 
where they've gone and how they shaped us today. I hope this episode brought you some inspiration and helped motivate you to take one new step today. And please comment down below what your favorite part of the episode was. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for watching. And remember, brand intentionally.